Welcome to Full Focus. In this episode, WWE superstar Lacey Evans joins the conversation. We talk about her tough upbringing, her love for gardening, and what it takes to beat the odds. You don't want to miss this one. We're going in three, two, one. Full Focus. Lacey Evans, welcome to Full Focus. Thanks for being here. Hello, how are you? Thank you for having me. You nasty thing. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about your YouTube channel real quick because I was just looking through it and uh, I was fascinated. You know, you're uh, posting a videos with your, your, your daughter, Summer, with your husband. And, um, you know, there's a lot of gardening content there. It uh, seems like you're really into gardening. Tell me more about that. Oh yeah, um, I definitely am out there most of my days. So if you can't find me, I'm most likely in the dirt somewhere. Um, I love, you know, just being out in the sun and taking a moment because uh, in this crazy life that we live in and everything going on and just how much I travel and the things that I have to do, um, it just brings me back. It makes me stop and, you know, uh, dirt and growth and sun and Fresh air is good for the soul, so uh, I love, love to garden. When I was watching your your YouTube channel and I see you, you know, explaining it, it feels so natural, like you really are into it. Like, how did right. you even, I mean, how did that, you know, when did you get inspired? My father uh, has always uh, done gardening. All my siblings, we've always had to be outside either picking or planting or digging or weeding. Um, and it just instilled a lot of not only work ethic in me, but just who I am today as far as making the best with what you've got and making something out of nothing. And um, like I said, you know, being on the road and being a WWE superstar and having this platform in as many days, we travel well over 300 days a year and um, being able to come home and kind of just let go of all that and just get in the dirt and get in the sun and smell the fresh air and teach my daughter what hard work is and the fact that what you put in something is what you'll get out of it um, is just, I mean, I take it very uh, serious. You know, I love to go out there and it's good for mental health. You know, this job can be stressful. Life can be stressful. It can be hard. And when you're out there and you're, you're not thinking about nothing, you're just looking at the green and the, the air and the, the blue sky and just being able to let loose and just let all that weight that you carry all the time with you and uh, get some fresh air. So uh, there's a lot of different reasons why I garden, um, but work ethic, mental health are my top two. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure my baby grows up knowing how to get out there and get her hands dirty and actually produce something from from very little. You live in, like in a barn, right? Like an old barn? And mm -hmm. you, you made it over? You have yeah. a bunch of animals? you know, running around yeah. there as well? I do, I do, and um, and it's, I'm not in no rush to build a house or do anything because like I said, you know, I'm, I have one life outside of this. And when I come home, I like to just be able to be my old self. And and um, so when my husband and I bought this property, there was, it was seven acres, um, it was beautiful. And all it had was a little old barn out in the middle. And um, we didn't have much money. And so what we did is just one by one, wall for wall after wall, uh, one wall at a time, we made it uh, to a livable space. And um, and then once we did that, we just started buying animals and chickens and hatching the eggs and eating the eggs. And, and then it just bloomed into now we have a cow and peacocks and rabbits. And, um, you know, we've got a full 
ducks and everything in between. So uh, pheasants. And so it's pretty cool. And like I said, uh, I was raised like this. So being able to make sure my baby knows what hard work is, getting up early, feeding the chickens, work ethic and skills that she could use no matter where she's at in her life. Rather, she's successful. Rather, she's content. It doesn't matter. She could be famous. She could be living off of barely nothing, but she'll know what hard work and um, making it work is. So that is obviously, I think, something that, you know, you're taking, you took away from your own upbringing and from your own experiences too, right? I mean, you're super down to earth, you know, yes, you're, you're playing this sassy diva type, you know, uh, person on WWE, but, you know, right. just, you know, t and, and you were born in Georgia, is that right? Where, where in Georgia were you born? Um, I was born near Marietta um, and at a very young age, I have seven siblings. There was a lot of us, my father did construction and my parents between mental health and addiction, my whole world just kind of crumbled. Um, my father was just a very angry man. Um, and one thing led to another in between the mental health and the addiction. Um, I ended up uh, being George, uh, born in Georgia, but I moved to Texas very young and just lived all over the South um, in trailer parks, tents, uh, you name it. Um, and we just made the best with what we had and what the situations we were going through. Very rough upbringing, but uh, it made me the woman that I am today. And uh, and I wouldn't change a thing. So how did why did you all move so much when you were younger? Um, just my, the construction trade, uh, is very iffy. And then when you throw in factors of, like I said, the addiction, the mental health, um, alcoholics, and then you just got a bomb that's just waiting to go, go off, you know? Um, and I find that a lot with, uh, like the lower economy and just people that are, you know, whose parents are struggling and then like, and then those other factors, you throw it in and rather it's an eviction, rather it's uh, domestic violence, rather it's, um, Drug addiction, you you never know. You never know where you're going to be. And so, or or the economy and my father doing construction and the, the jobs falling through. And so before I knew it, I lived in Georgia, South Carolina, Louisiana, Alabama, Texas, Florida. And we're just hopping from one job site to the next, from one home to the next, from one family member's couch to the next. There's nine of you. Well, there's seven of us total. And um, right. And Is that what you're asking? Yeah, and then, yeah, with my parents. Right, so I'm saying that like you're moving, set. everybody's always moving together as a whole big family. And you know what happens, like a large family like that, it's not cheap either. Like you got to feed everyone, yeah. you got, you know, so, and then, you know, you mentioning the drug addiction that your parents were struggling with at the time, that cost money, the drug habit to like fulfill oh, that. Yeah. How, 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 you know, how, what do you remember from that, you know? Oh, I mean, it's so funny because I have some family members like, you know, I'll, I'll make a comment, you know, using my platform because I know there are so many babies out there that are living in tents, that are living in uh, trailer parks that just feel like this lifestyle is all that they have to look forward to. So I'll use my platform and be like, I've been there. And, you know, you get to make the choice of where you want to go from here. And I'll have family members saying, you know, don't forget it. Forget the good times when you're, you know, when they made plenty of money. Well, guess what? The more money, the more drugs. So like, it doesn't matter. It's, it's not about the money. It's about happiness. It's about sobriety. It's about, 
you know, not anger. And that was all that my whole life. It's all that I knew. Um, so, and then plus with divorces, I mean, my, my mom, my mother and father got divorced way when I was young, my, my stepmom came into the picture when I was still a baby. Like, so you've got all of these factors that are just taking one hit after another and after another. And what I remember the most is, you know, just making it work. And as a child, just going with the flow, because that's all that you can do until you get to the age where you can actually start making decisions for yourself. And that for me, that was in high school, you know, in sports. And and you say like, yes, it was expensive. You know, we were living in campsites. And I remember my father taking us to a cornfield and he would drop us off in the middle of the night and he would drive off and we would have pillowcases and we would run in the cornfield and snatch as much corn as we can to, to be able to eat, to bring back, to eat off of. And um, we would know that he would be coming because he would flash his headlights. And that told us to run out of the cornfield, to jump back in the vehicle, to get back to our campsite. Um, my mother would, um, and this is different times because if I, because of the um, domestic violence, uh, very, very angry and abusive father, I would be with my mom. There was times, you know, my mom would take us and go on the run and, and she would have a little, uh, uh, grilled cheese maker with an with it, that she would plug in to our little tent site because they had a little power pole and we, all we would need is bread and cheese and it got us through and so I remember like the the what people would say bad times but like I said it made me the woman that I am today and uh, there's nothing I can't get through uh, you know being a WWE superstar is great the money is great I never wanted to be famous I, I you know I could go without um, and because because that's how I was raised so. I don't have any fear of what I'm going to lose or where I'm going to end up because I can be have nothing and make it. I've been there. I've done that. I've seen it and I know it's possible. Um, but what I wanted to do more than anything is use this platform to show the world all the babies that are going out, the, out that are out there going through what I went through. Keep your head up and break the freaking cycle, because that's what I found myself doing is um. You know, when high school, when it's time to smoke marijuana or start drinking alcohol, I said no. You know, when it, when I started sports and, and it was, you know, I showed up to practice. Even though my parents forgot to pick me up, my ass showed up every time. And because of those decisions, I am the woman. I made it. I broke the cycle. And now I have a platform to tell those babies out there, keep going. Eventually, it'll be your decision that you're going to make in order to change your life. And because so, I'm a living example. Talking about breaking that cycle, because I mean, coming from it, you know, from the background that you come from, you know, um, seems like there was a lot of violence. There was a lot of negativity. There was a lot of drug and alcohol abuse. And, you know, it probably was tough to, to grow up. Right. Breaking out of that and, and being straight and saying no to drugs and alcohol. I mean, that's that. I mean, how do you what do you attribute that to? You know, and is, was that the same story for your other siblings, too, or? You're like, how, how, did, how did that work out, you know? Honestly, it's just discipline, mental discipline. Um, I mean, I can't speak for my other siblings. You know, life's hard. Some of them are taking hard hits right now, but I, they're all alive. Um, they're all continuing to try to do the best they can in life. Um, but for myself, it's just being able to say no. It's knowing, to, growing up, I knew exactly what I didn't want to be because it was around me. It, I, the smell, the look, the taste, the sound of my life. I knew from a very young age that I did not want to live this life. I didn't want to lead this life. Um, but the only problem was I didn't know what life I wanted. 
because this is all that I knew. Um, so it's just, once you see, if you know, deep down and you use your mind, like your mind is a powerful thing. If you immediately acknowledge the negative and what you don't want to do, just that'll guide you, man. It'll make you say no. It'll make you make those decisions. It's, it's hard, but it just takes a lot of discipline because I knew what I didn't want to live like. And if that's what drugs do, if that's what alcohol does, if that's what mental health and you not acknowledging that you have a problem up here, I mean, anger management and depression with me is heavy, but you know what? Every day I wake up and continue to fight the good fight, even at a young age and acknowledge it. And then what do I got to do to fix it, to change it, to, to make it more bearable, to not end up like this. And, and I take it one day at a time at a time. Taking it one day at a time. Right. And so your father, you know, he, he didn't survive it. Right. I mean, he passed away. What, what, what happened? Like, and it was the timing was right before you were told that right. you're going to, you know, go like, uh, so when, when you heard the news, the emotions must've been so mixed, right? I was devastated. I mean, um, my father, uh, at July 6th actually was going to come up on five years. Uh, he overdosed on the drugs. I mean, he lost the battle. Um, and I was literally knocked down so hard because as his daughter, me and him were so close, no matter what I went through, no matter what he did, you know, that was my father. Um, it didn't matter if we were living in tents. It didn't matter if we were living in trailer parks or a house. My father could have just left us I mean, like I said, there's a lot of people out there, and I know you've heard this, is somebody always has it worse than you, and that's true. And so my father didn't have to drag us around. He didn't have to drop us off at cornfields for us to go out there. You know, he could have just turned away, and he didn't. So uh, for that, you know, and in a weird way, I'm forever ever grateful for my dad. Um, I love him to death, and I know he loved me no matter what he was going through because, like I said, mental health can really change a person. Um, and, and he lost the battle, uh, two months before my WWE tryout. Um, mm -hmm. so he died July and my tryout was in September. And, um, that was the moment. It, I mean, it just happened all. And I was remember sitting there and thinking like, I just lost my dad. I have been fighting this battle next to him my whole life, him and, and the, the rest of my family. And, um, what do I do? I mean, I just, I just can't seem to win for losing. I, my, I had siblings that are attempted suicide. I had siblings that overdosed and, and we got them back and I'm taking them to counseling and I'm, I'm in the Marine Corps and I'm a military police officer and I'm raising a daughter and I, and I, now I get this fall. I'm literally, I got siblings living here with me that I am trying to do the best that I can to show them that there is another way of life. And it just doesn't seem to be working because they continue to choose this and that, and they can't seem to get ahead up. They can't seem to get like, and then I get the call that my own father has now died. And um, and now I just remember sitting there by myself thinking, like, what's next? Like, what do I do? What else can I do? Because nothing is working, obviously. And um, my WWE tryout was in September. And I said, you know, I've got, you know, two months. I said, that's what I'm going to do. I said, I may not be able to lead these horses to water and make them drink. And I love them more than anything in the world. But... You cannot tell me that there is an opportunity to have a platform in two months that I, I can't turn this down. This is a sign from God that I've got to keep going. And now I have yet another opportunity to take what I just lost and make something of it. 
and I took my father's overdose and I took his death and I took it with me to that tryout and I gave it everything that I had. And now today I use it for this platform in order to help people out there, help the parents that are ruining their children's lives, help the children that are, their lives are being ruined to realize that they need to stop their shit. They need to get professional help. And those babies, they need to keep on pushing because you cannot give up and you can break the cycle. And so I'm breaking it every day, one day at a time. Was that something like the wrestling thing? Was that something that you always aspired to be? Was that something that you and your father talked about at all ever? You know, believe it or not, no, I wasn't a wrestling fan. And I did not know until I started doing like backyard wrestling that my father even he wanted to be a wrestler that that, but he never imagined he could ever do that. Um, and so hearing stories from my family, you know, cause he obviously passed shortly after, but he opened up to me and he told me that he loved wrestling and he even wanted it cause he was a big guy, but life, you know, got the best of him. He did construction and just, you know, that's, that was his goal. So, um, his, his, uh, life. And then, so when it ended up being in my life, it was pretty crazy. Unfortunately, he never got to see my success. Um, and I ended up being something that he thought about. He, you know, as a young, younger adult, he considered, and here I am doing it. So it's pretty, pretty crazy. So when, when you met your husband today, Alfonso, right? You, it was it, you were 14 years old at the time, right? Or was he 14? I was 15 and uh, and he was uh, he was 16. 16. Okay, but fine. I, I got a couple, years, couple yeah. years off. Um, you were probably going through some, to, you know, like you know, the world whirlwind there with with your family, you know, and and how did how did that relationship help you and, and impact you early on, you know, and now I mean now what 15 years later, you're you're married, you know. Um, right. Tell me about that story a little bit. Um, so I met my husband when I was 15 uh, in uh, Florida, where my, you know, my father had just gotten uh, taken to jail. He was extradited back from Florida to Texas. And here is this young girl who uh, I the minute I saw my husband, I just I knew that that's who I wanted to be with. He was by himself. And you could just tell like he he's just a man, even at 16. I know that's crazy, but I mean, I've had it rough, you know, and I, and I know a man when I see one and he was a freaking man. And, you know, it's funny because he had the same upbringing, you know, uh, he, he was born in Dominican Republic. Uh, his father lost his rights over here for, uh, domestic violence on his mother. And here are these two young, young kids who don't have a pot to piss in and they have nothing. And all they know is that they don't want to end up the way that their their families were and um so uh, i talked to him and i've been with him ever since since that day uh he dropped out of uh high school um to actually take care of me because my parents moved away to louisiana i was still 17 uh trying to put myself through high school and trying to get into college and um a lot of things led to to my husband making those decisions but he's been literally been by my side and has defended and protected and um, even through my crazy childhood. I mean, he's been through hell. That man has been through hell and never once has he gone away from my my crazy life and my crazy father and my siblings. And I mean, he was along for the ride. We got married at 19 years old. I joined the Marine Corps uh, shortly after. And, um, and we had a daughter um, when I was 22. And so 
here we are freaking kicking ass and taking names and he's the best man that I could ever ask for. He's been through hell, I've been through hell and there's nothing that we can't take together. There's definitely a strong bond there and, and a long bond and it's like deeply rooted it feels like, you know, between the two of you. Um, and then so, okay, so you went to the military, you mentioned that you were military police, right? Um, and so while you're in the military, so there's a staff sergeant who comes up to you and says, I'm running this local wrestling operation. I'm interested in, in working with you. And like, how does that even, uh, you know, that sounds a little, you know, odd. Great. I mean, it's even it's even crazier than that, honestly. So in the military, they offer you uh, marriage counseling, mental health counseling. And I'm a huge advocate on any counseling or if, if, if you're messed up, it doesn't matter financially, physically, emotionally, mentally. There's always something you could do. I don't care if you're an addict. I don't care if you and, and I like I said, I take that personal in the military. There is, oh, it's well over, I can't imagine what it is now, a 70% divorce rate. And I knew that going in. And I'm 19 years old and, and, and I have the best husband in the world. So obviously I, I know, that's noted to me. I write that down. Like there's no way that I'm leaving this. Same way I'm not gonna be an addict. I take a pen and paper and I write it down. Literally, I am not going to be an addict. I am not going to get a divorce, okay? So I'm gonna, how are you gonna do that though? So. Marriage counseling and the Marine Corps, the military offers that to people that are that need it. Mental health counseling, check in the box. Uh, so we went to a marriage counseling retreat offered by the military in order to make sure that the military spouses continue to stay together and make their marriage and their families work. That's where I met the staff sergeant at that marriage retreat. And that's where we started talking. And he told me that he is a pro wrestler. And so I kind of laughed about it because Marines are hard chargers. There's no way this staff sergeant is doing backyard wrestling. Sure enough, he was, and I had to see it. So my husband and I and my daughter, we went and checked it out on a Saturday uh, in the back, backyards of Georgia at a show called APW. And um, I immediately, I, I wanted to get in the ring and I wanted to check it out. So that's how within two weeks from that moment, I had was getting set up for a WWE tryout. That was in March. Wow. That, that's how yeah. good you were. Lord, tell me something I don't know, honey. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing, but I, well, you know. Back to where you are now. Um, and, and so I think you got the, when the, the, the tryouts you did, and then you were drafted, right, by with a SmackDown. Uh, you were drafted in October 2019, I think it was. What, so what does that mean? Like, what's, what does that come with? Now you're on the main roster of the WWE, you know, uh, everybody knows the, you know, knows WWE, right? I mean, it comes with obviously lots of money. Uh, just kidding. Um, just a big platform, you know, you're, you got a light above you, you know, you're highlighted now and everything that you do. And, um, I was just excited to not only show the world what I'm capable of because I put so much hard work into sports entertaining that the moment that I got this opportunity to now be kind of unleash live TV every single week and show the world what Lacey Evans is capable of. Um, but the only other differences is we're traveling a lot. We're on the road a lot as a mother. I've got my daughter, I've got my husband and that's what I needed to figure out was how was I going to show the world what I'm capable of, but also make sure that I'm the mother that my daughter deserves. I'm the wife that my husband deserves and kind of juggle this and just be that role model and show, like I said, 
the world, what you're capable of, no matter what cards are stacked against you, what you can do with them. And um, so, yeah, it was it was pretty incredible. And one thing led to another and it just took off. So who's Lacey Evans, WWE Lacey Evans? She is the sassy Southern Belle, uh, the um, classy, don't like that always in the South, honey, can bake a pie just as good as she can fire a weapon and will kick your ass with high heels on. She's a mother, she is a wife, and uh, she does not take no shit. <laughs> uh, you know, I really like that. 50s army wife gimmick thing that you got going on like what what about that costume who whose idea was that and how do you maintain it is there someone from wwe that helps you with it or is that at your discretion how does that work um it's my discretion obviously we have some input put in from what they like what they don't like but so far fingers crossed uh, everything that i've brought to the table they have been in support of um, and it was my idea. I mean, I love the idea of a feminine woman. Um, there's in nowadays you have all these women that are trying to do what the men can do. And, and I just, you know, I could do what the men can do and still look just as classy and sassy with a pair of high heels and a good red lip, honey, because I've done it my whole life. Um, and I don't need to tell you that I'm the man to do that. I am a woman, damn it. I am a mother. I am a wife. I am a United States Marine. And uh, like I said, I will kick your ass with a pair of high heels on and still be home in time to make dinner for my husband. That's what women are capable of. That is how strong and incredibly amazing women are. And uh, Lord, I'm just going to, you know, show the world what women are capable of. What do you think about women's rights? Women's rights, that's my finisher move, honey, and I'll punch it right in the mouth. I mean, you know, that, that, that's my finish. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Let's talk about, you know, performance and what you do when, when you're there and how you prepare from an athlete. Because at the end of the day, you're still an athlete and, you know, you really got to take care of your body. Um, you know, you're performing at a high level. You know, it's entertainment at the end of the day, but you're still really sacrificing your body. I mean, it's fair to say this: some of the stuff is scripted, your personalities and, you know, some of the outcomes are. And I don't know. I mean, you know, is that what you can you know say about that? But what, what nobody can deny is that you're literally physically jumping down on someone else and you're elbow checking them or all these different moves. Right. So tell me about that. Like, how do you prepare uh, your body, how are you fit enough to sustain these, you know, these action moves? Because longevity yeah. is, is, is another thing, right? You, you know, you're still young, you want to be, be good to go, you know, in a few decades still, right? Uh, absolutely. You know, and it's, it's hard. It's every day, but it, it doesn't matter if it's working out, if it's stretching, if it's um, body weight workouts, if it's actual weight. Like we have to make sure our bodies are ready at all times because it's not like a movie. We're not hired to put on a movie and then that's it. This is every single week. Physically, we have to be on point. We have to look a certain way, be able to do certain things. And still, in some cases like mine, go home and feed my family. I have to be able to pick my baby up and enjoy days with her. So for me personally, it's making sure I get all of those that I just named worked out. Um, and make sure to do my stretches, make sure to do my body weight, you know, maneuvers, mobility, endurance. We have to take all of that in consideration every single week, because like you said, we are athletes and it, this is probably in, in the Marine Corps is a very hard job. 
this is up there because it's not just what we can do as athletes. It's what we do as entertainers, as actresses. We have to be able to on the fly, live TV, not only entertain, but be physically, professionally, verbally, everything has to be ready to go. It's not like this interview where you knew what time we were going on. You knew what the topic, no, it could change on, and then, and then throw in the thousands of fans that are watching you live, then throw in the millions that's on TV. We have a lot of weight that's on our shoulders because people think, Oh, look how physically fit they are. Like that, that must be a lot of work. They have no idea because then you, like you said, my sassy Southern bell, I have to be able to come out there and show you what the sassy Southern bell is capable of for her. Right. So it's like, it's, it's pretty hard, but um, you know, they WWE make sure that we have, all the tools needed in order to sharpen across the board. We have the best gems, the best medical teams, the best creative direct, the best um, acting coaches, period. Like they make sure that we have financial advisors, even with our money. Like we need to make sure that we are on our brand, building our brand. There's so much that people do not realize that we have to do as WWE superstars and um, so, yeah, it's not just physically. I got to be able to go in there and throw people around, but I also have to be able to protect myself while I'm at it. I have memorization, acting. Like I said, when that red light goes on and we're live, you can't take nothing back. You can edit this video, honey. We can't. <laughs> um, how do you, like, you know, some of the sequences, right? Do you guys rehearse them before uh, or, or do you just come up with them on the fly in, in the ring? Um, we don't rehearse nothing, honey. You tell me who the hell I'm fighting. The, the bell rings and I rip their head off. <laughs> and and so, so you you really love it. You you love doing what you do. Uh, it, it do you think that you know this direction in life where it's taking you, and this physical you've always kind of it feels like done the physical stuff. You, you do construction that's physical, right? You even have your own construction company. Uh, right. in the military, you know, you, you have to go through boot camp and it's physical, right? And you want to talk about real, like the epicenter of it, you know, WWE wrestler. I mean, that's so physical, right? And do you, like, what connection can you make to that trait? Because that seems to be consistent in your life to where you come from. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Um, you know, it's, I'm glad you asked this because I feel like, and I'm doing a lot more research on uh, childhood trauma. And um, so, and I'm about to get a little deep in here, but there's something called a fight or flight response. And it's a fact that children that go through trauma when they're younger, they're, 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 the chemicals in their brain have been released for the fight or flight, right? So it's where your adrenaline starts pumping and you're in that, that zone of like, shit, like something like, you know, your endurance is like pumping, your adrenaline's pumping. And when children go through this, their minds are different when they're adults. And I honestly feel like because of my, my upbringing, because of the things that I've been through, I need, I need that challenge. I need my body to be able to always be ready for that fight or flight. I mean, I think that's why I did so good in the Marine Corps. That's why I did so good as military police officer. That's why I did so good as the only female on the SWAT on the special reactions team. Um, and I think that's why I do so good in WWE. That challenge, that adrenaline, that drive, that that my when my heart starts pumping and pounding, and I have to make a decision, um, I feed off of it. 
and I, I earn, I, I earn for it. I want that feeling and, uh, it makes me feel alive and, uh, it's where I'm comfortable. So, uh, I don't know if that answered your question, but, and like I said, I'm doing more research because I mean, there's like, it's, there's a thing when people that have gone through some shit, it's like, it's, they need it, you know, they kind of earn for it. And I think that going back to like my childhood in, in the military and into WWE, I mean, I was kind of made for this. I was made for this, this heat and these challenges and this pressure and like, bring it honey. Because I promise you at seven years old, I was going through shit that even the average adult today could not handle. So you tell me there's not a fan. There's not a live action scene. There's not nothing that I will ever uh, run from that. I will ever flight from because I've always chose to fight and I will continue to do so, including in the WWE. So that's awesome. And so besides WWE, you have close ties to the military and you're also guest starring in a, in a TV show, military makeover with Montel Williams. Um, tell me a little bit about that experience. I mean, you know, uh, tell, tell me about that experience a little bit. You have, the construction element to it, which is awesome because you love that, right? And then you have the military, you've given back to the military. That's also cool, right? Um, what is it like to be part of it? Um, I mean, I, it's, I've been very blessed with this opportunity because uh, like you said, ties with military. I know what uh, military veterans, I know what their spouses, I know what active duty, I know what they go through uh, on a day to day. And I know the things that they've seen and the things they have to do and the fact. So being able to give back to veterans and their families, active duty and their families, it doesn't matter. They deserve it. And so when I got the phone call to get to be a part of Military Makeover with Montel Williams, I didn't think twice. Um, I Because like I said, I can relate. I know I understand that. And uh, and then not to mention my husband with our construction company, he's a builder. So he's on set now. And I travel with my family anyway. I literally homeschool my daughter to travel the world to put on these shows. And my husband is right there. So not only did I get the call to be able to be a part of that and help, but my husband, he's going to be there anyway. Now he actually gets to be used and gets to give back. And he loves that. So we could still be a family and uh, get the job done and, and give back. And that's what we've always wanted to do. And so, I mean, it was just, I love it. I mean, I love the cast. I love the crew. I love the volunteers that come in and it's a kind of a break from WWE because I love to be a WWE superstar. I love to go out and sign autographs and put on these shows. But like, when I get to leave there and actually go get my hands dirty and help build homes for people that need it and people that are suffering, like to me, that just re regenerates me. It, it motivates me to get back in the ring, to start freaking kicking ass and getting my ass kicked and putting on a show. Um, because what I want to use my platform to help and military makeover reminds me that that's what I get to do. Cool. Speaking about help, like helping, what's like the, the future? I mean, obviously it feels like this is going to be somewhat of a life mission for you is to continuously always look for ways to give back, pay it forward, help others that may, may find themselves in a similar situation that you used to find yourself in. Um, so what's next? Like, you know, let's look forward here a few years. You know, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, um, well, I started a Limitless Lady company where we create puzzles for mental health, uh, candles for mental health, uh, journals for, you know, for just people who feel like life has kicked their ass, that that they have nothing, that they can't do anything else. And I've been there. So I went back and thought, you know, in my hardest times, what can I do to help myself? 
And not everybody can just go to counseling. Not everybody can just pick themselves up or be WWE superstars. Well, you know what? I've been there. Like I've been there before any of this. So I created, and actually I've been working on some stickers. I created these little candles to help people, you know, just get back up. Literally, that's what this one's called. Get back up, get stuff done. Like, you know, and it's for mental health. So I would love to build my brand, the Limitless Lady brand, on such a bigger platform to actually help those who need it, you know, just to get the name out there. I've also started a, a show called American Brain and Brawn with um, John Brinkus, and we go live every Wednesday, and it's an uplifting show um, to just pick people up. And you know, I'd also like to do my own uh, my own show on TV to actually help mental health and um, with gardening. And just because the outdoors, the dirt, like we said at the beginning of this interview, is like I'm a big advocate of finding little ways that everybody can fix themselves because everybody's messed up. Some people are messed up bigger. Some people like life is hard. And, and even the most squared away individual finds themselves in their dark days, in their dark moments, second guessing, not only what's tomorrow, but what the hell am I going to do now? And, um, I'd like to be able to be there for them people and use my platform uh, between Limitless Lady and American Brain and Brawn and this upcoming show that I plan to put in the works very in the near future um, to just show them little ways, little tricks that they can they can get through the even the the hardest days, the easiest days, those second guesses. And so that that's what I'm doing now is just continuing to uh, and that's what I'm going to be when I grow up is uh, a motivator. Um Somebody that impacts the ones that need it the most. Lacey, thank you so much for joining me today on Full Focus. It was a delightful conversation. Thank you so much for having me, you nasty thing. Now, if you'd excuse me, I got stuff to do.